Artist Insight Reports are here to help you understand what artists tend to record and who they like to work with. This is to help you better understand what to write and pitch to each artist. It's here to help you earn success as a songwriter. And today, we're diving into country hit maker, John Party. Listen up. Johnny, do that thing. Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. That is the new game in town. You gotta prove to people what you're worth. You gotta create cash flow. You gotta get cuts on your own. Indie cuts lead to major label cuts, lead to publishing deals, all kinds of stuff like that. So I would call it the climb. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's brilliant. That's my backstronym for my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who also happens to be a hit songwriter that just had a write-up, right, on one of your songs with Monday <laughs> in it because you wrote Monday Morning Church. Yeah, yeah. He's got cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. couple... Southern Gospel number ones in the recent last two or three years, and top 40 Australian song. I mean, you, you're making it happen, baby. Trying, trying. What I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then he connects you with the pros so that you can take that next level, walk through that door. You can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. How you doing, buddy? Uh, hey, man, I'm doing well. Yeah, that was fun this morning. At the time of recording, it was this morning. But yeah, there's a Hello Music Theory website. So I never heard of them before, but now they're my favorite. But they're listing the top 15 Monday songs of all time. And, and we clocked the in there. Monday in them. Had, yeah. yeah, exactly. So we, we were able, apparently. And Monday Morning Church was number four. Number four. So Matic Monday, number one by the Bengals, written by Prince. I'm like, that's a classic. Mm-hmm. There are some good ones on that list. Come Monday, yeah. Jimmy Buffett. Mm, mm. Come on. Yeah, so that no, was there fun. Some, I mean, you're in good company on that list, buddy. So that, that was quite fun. And I found <laughs> out that this rock festival I'm going to, Rock Island Festival in Key West, where I mean, Queensryche's playing, Extreme is playing, Tesla's playing, Styx is playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like a bunch of killer bands that I just really love. It's all hair band stuff. I'm sure they won't play Come Sail Away since they're in Key West. <laughs> I'm sure they will. That'll be the, that'll be the end. I'll be a- That'll be the thing right there. But they replaced a band I'd never even heard of before with like my favorite guitar player and his real band, which is Lynch Mob, George mm-hmm. Lynch. So I'm super stoked about that. And then right before we pressed record, my brother-in-law texted me that Vince Neil, who is a headliner, which I was going to be was happy to pass on, right, <laughs> was replaced by Slaughter. So I'm like, yes, this is awesome. <laughs> Sounds very violent, John. Lynch Mob and Slaughter. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but anyway... We're going to get up under the hood, John Party, huh? That's right. That's right. See, uh, every, well, man, on a regular basis over at songwritingpro.com, we do these artist insight reports. We call them fresh air, A-I-R, because, you know, Baxter names. Artist insight reports. We do a deep dive into an artist, like their new project, and just kind of 
unpack it for you to help you see the trends and and who they'd like to work with, uh, who the team is on this record, that kind of stuff to hopefully give you kind of pull back the curtain, give you an idea of like, okay, what works for this artist? Who's getting cuts on this artist? What kind of stuff do they like to cut? We break down keys, BPM, all that kind of stuff, subject matter, and just kind of break it down for you. So you go, oh, okay. So hopefully you can see the the trees don't get in the way of the forest or vice versa. Right. And give you a better idea of like what's working and what you should be aiming for if you're writing for a John party and or whatever. So we, every once in a while we'll pull one of these out and kind of share them with the climb community. Actually looking, we've done this one other time. It was actually a hundred episodes ago. It was episode 261. Ah. We did an artist insight report on Morgan Wallen. So if you like this one, go check out 261 for one of the Morgan Wallen projects. And, and actually this insight report, which is going to have more information than we can cover today, actually drops today at songwritingpro.com. So if you're a Songwriting Pro member, you can go log in to the member area. It'll be right there under fresh air. And if you're not a member, you should start your 14-day free trial right now. That's right. There you go. There we go. <laughs> a little business here. Let's mm-hmm. join the climb community. This is Facebook community thriving. Lots of people posting, asking questions, supporting one another. I love this community. I'm proud of this community. It's good. It continues to grow. This is singer, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians. You can find it at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community. And we got some wins, man. We want to get, we'll throw some love on these people here. Let's look at some Wednesday wins. What we got yeah, going there are some good ones. Let's let me uh, get over here to my Facebook group. All right. So the climb Facebook group, climb community, we have some good ones, more than we can share here, but we'll just do a couple. Will Gunnell Music says, my first cut of the year will be on my song, Just Because I'm Country, from North Carolina artist Dalton Davis. He has his own take on it but it's a win either way. So Good for him. I'm thinking that's coded language. He has his own take on it, which Will's like, it's not quite what I pictured. <laughs> it's what that sounds like code for. <laughs> it's like, yes, don't take it, but it's a win either way. Or maybe it may be a huge song for that cat. Man. Exactly. And you'd be like, yeah, that's how I meant for it to be done the whole time. I've had a few <laughs> cuts like that. Like, that's not quite how I pictured it, but hey, it's a win. So I'm just giving you a hard time there, Will. Congrats on that. Uh, that's awesome. Let's see. Here's another one. James Simmons says, all of my music career momentum stopped and we started fostering to adopt. Not at all. Sorry. But starting to get moving again after 18 months off. Now that we have made it through the transition, I've settled into a new studio space, the only quiet space in a house of seven. I know that number well. Started songwriting, coaching with a veteran natural songwriter, started a recording project, and written a few new songs I'm happy about. It's a challenge to fit music in most days, but I'm determined. So, man, James, that's awesome. God bless you, brother. I, I, you know, As you all know, I have a heart for adoption, and, and James does too. And just keep fighting the good fight, brother. It's worth it. So, yeah, congrats. congrats. Yes, congrats to James and Will and, and everyone else that was commenting on that and Y'all just keep on climbing. Welcome back to the grind. All right. (laughs) So uh, make sure you follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you consume your podcasts and mostly tell a friend about it. We work real hard to put these shows together for you to share our insight, our opinions, our views, our facts Mm -hmm. to point you in the right direction. It's getting easier than ever to actually make a living doing what you're born to do. That doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it's easy. It's hard work, but now there's less gatekeepers in your way that can Mm -hmm. just say no, no matter how hard you work. So it requires a new mindset. And we want to share that mindset with as many people as we can. It's why you spend your time with us. So please, by all means, share that with other people. And you know what? You did a plug in the beginning. I'm going to do a plug in the beginning too, guys. 
If you haven't already, go to giftfromjohnny.com and there's a free PDF download entitled Whoever Owns the Traffic Rules the Road. It's all this stuff in this PDF that made it possible for Taylor Swift to do what Taylor Swift did. If you listen to our last episode. Mm Mm-hmm. It's absolutely free. It's pretty stout PDF download. We put a lot of work into it and it'll just help you get your head right and truly understand what's happening at 30,000 feet so that when you start making decisions on your promotion, you're doing in the right manner. So get from Johnny.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y, and just tell us where to send it. Okay. So let's get started with John Party. All right. So the let's get this party started. Oh, there we go. Yes. Let's get this party started quickly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because we have another interview coming up. So the album that we're diving into is called Mr. Saturday Night, released September 2nd, 2022. It's on UMG, so Universal. Several producers on this record, which I thought were interesting. So John Party is listed as a producer. You also have Bart Butler, who's been his main producer. You have Ryan Gore, Dan Huff, Shane McAnally, and Josh Osborne. So that's Who interesting. Who are those guys? I haven't heard of any. I haven't heard of them at all. Yes. <laughs> Jeez. Leave some for the rest of us. But so just looking like a 30,000 foot view on this record, some things that I think make sense are worth pointing out on this. And again, this insight report is to give you insight so that you can act upon it to go, hey, this is what is actually getting cut. This is stuff that is actually ending up on records and on the radio. And to give you a thought of going, okay, if I want to pitch for this or write for this, what's he actually doing? Not what do I think he might do. What is he actually doing? Not that he's going to repeat himself, but it gives you some insight though. So some album trends, a lot of highlighting of the fiddle which I'm sure is our friend Janae Fleener, another Arkansan like me. So she is just tearing it up on the fiddle. So a lot of fiddle on this record, very present drums in the foreground. Oh, and also I want to give a big shout out to Tessa Stites. She was my intern from Belmont last semester, actually for a couple semesters. She was so awesome. I begged her to come back, but eventually, (laughs) uh, you know, things move on. She can only do so many. She can only do so many. Ah, she's anyway, but she's awesome. So Tessa, if you're listening and wherever you are, God bless you. So she did this one. She dove into this and she was awesome. So she went way into more than what I have time to do today on the podcast. But all right. So highlighting to the fiddle, very present drums in the foreground. There were several songs that started with the chorus and there are actually four out of the 14 songs on this record go chorus first. Like first thing you hear right out the gate, chorus. And then verse, chorus, and on and on. So I thought that was interesting. That's one thing I wanted to bring out because I've been trying to write more like that. It's it's actually a very old form. There, I mean, it's been mm-hmm. songs will do that once in a while for decades. Old country honky tonk form would be like chorus, verse, bridge, chorus. Like I only, even only have one verse sometimes. Some, some really really big rock songs too. Yeah, the biggest Warren hit, Cherry Pie, comes to mind. She's my cherry pie. Just start right, right out with the chorus, and you're like, just sticky sweet. You're hooked in. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Like, oh my my, amazing. Yeah. And I uh, shout out to John Party too. Like he was one of our just side notes, Sonic North stars, if you will, mm-hmm. guardrail when we produced Josh's record. Oh, cool. You know, he kind of isn't trying to do the pop country thing. Right. It, he's really found a way to take that old school color instruments like fiddle or mm-hmm. steel or steel yeah, and make it hip, man, and make it cool mm-hmm. and make it work in today's sound. So I, I love that about yeah, it. Yeah, and that's something definitely on this album that Tessa noted was that there's experimentation with different sounds that venture outside of traditional country, but use of 
traditional country instruments while still exploring kind of different subgenres and stuff. So it's like, it's not a time capsule record. It right. doesn't sound like, oh, this sounds like it's from 1980 or 1993. No, it still sounds like a new record, but there is that tradition. And that's a whole production genie magic thing alchemy that i don't understand how you do that but i leave that to people that are great very, at it. very carefully <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah starting songs with the choruses so there is a podcast called and the writer is it's by a hit pop songwriter called ross golan and he talked about this i heard it probably over a year ago but it really stuck with me talking about how streaming is changing how songs are being written like in pop because you got to go like 14 seconds or 20 seconds or whatever on streaming for it to count like they have to listen that far if they skip five seconds in it doesn't count as a spin nobody gets paid or it doesn't count as a stream nope so the days of the um the minute long epic intro to your song are gone well it's because on radio they'd have to sit through that minute and a half intro with a key change to get to I Need a Lover Who Won't Drive Me Crazy by John Cougar Mellencamp, right? Mm -hmm. And it's awesome. But it's like, seriously, like a two-minute intro or something with key changes. It's amazing. Yeah. But on streaming, it's like, man, we got we to gotta get them to that 15-second mark or whatever that, you know, whatever it is right now. But at the time, it was 14 seconds. And and so people were more, he called it the pop overture. You know, the overture is like you're coming right out of the gate with the, the big the old chorus. fat hook. So it might, yeah. it's the, and it goes back a ways. Dun dun I dun dun. Overture, yeah. Dun 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 dun. dun. Right. Um, I mean, yep. it goes back a ways. Right. Start with the hook. Yeah. And and so he said, more pop songs are being written that way. With you give them the chorus, or you give them the hook, or you give them partial chorus, or something to grab people right then. And I consider it like making a promise. It's like the trailer for the movie almost. You know, plays right at the beginning of the movie to go, oh, yeah. I want to see this. It's making a promise. And so that's what I, I think those things are, is kind of like, it's maybe it's your trailer. Maybe that's how I should describe it. It's your trailer, bam, right at the beginning to get them hooked in to go, okay, I want to listen to some more. And then, of course, you trigger a stream. And Well, you know, here's, here's what's interesting about that. So this is really a fascinating conversation right now, I think. So we could also call it the Pulp Fiction edit. <laughs> yeah right mm -hmm. where like you know if you've seen pulp fiction it's like all out of time it's like the end comes first right. and and you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on but i see a lot of marketing done like this like if you look at your feed and if you are into comedy at all mm -hmm. then you have certainly seen some comedy content that's used for promotion that is edited with the punchline first, you know? Mm -hmm. So the elephant shit out a purple Twinkie and then everybody starts laughing and you're like, blah, 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 blah. And then it goes right into the beginning of the story and you're like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. But now they've got you in there yeah. and it is, uh, you know, set up for short attention span theater. And so to write like that, fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been I'm sorry, but it makes me go back to that idea that we had a while ago where I mean, who's going to be the first one to do it, man? Maybe it's going to be one of my artists where you're just huh. like on the master track. You're like, hey, this is Josh Roy. And we're yeah. so stoked. We'll be coming to see you soon on tour. And I can't wait for you to hear my song. Here you go. Like nobody's done that. Right. Yeah. It's just a, a pattern interrupt. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. And then now I want to listen because I just heard the artist and he's super cool. You know? Yeah. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, 
Even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. And I think for the course, first thing, it's there's also a like announcing your presence with authority. Mm-hmm. Like we're not kind of like sweet talk you first, get, try to get your interest to hear and not be too much in your face with a verse and then bam, course. It's just like, here I am, <laughs> you know, I'm going to rock you like a hurricane. Yep. So it's just like that cherry pie warrant is like, boom, right? They're coming in like it knows it's a hit. Yeah. And that's what I kind of feel like with those some of those songs that way, especially if they're big anthemic and I'll try to find, Hey, what's an anthem moment that we can put at the beginning of this big thing, hopefully to just announce and go, you know what? Here's a trailer for the movie. Here's a promise that this is going to be big and bad. You're going to love it. So another, another quick side note, like Mm -hmm. the song, when we recorded the song for Josh's record, which is going to start dropping soon here, live life. Mm -hmm. um, That song live life we did not start it with the chorus. It wasn't written that way, mm-hmm. but during the live shows, he does it like there that. He'll start the song out acapella. Like we were just talking about sticks at rock Island fest with uh, renegade. You know, oh, oh mama, mama. I'm in fear for my life. Of mm-hmm. the law, of the law. So freaking cool, you know? Yeah. And he does it like he does the chorus acapella. And because that chorus has got something to say. Yeah. I mean, lyrically it's poignant. It's, it's mm-hmm. everything that's the song is about. And it just so works. Maybe we should have freaking recorded it that way. Now that I'm thinking about it, Live and learn, Johnny. Maybe we made a mistake. Damn. <laughs> Next time invite me in. No, I'll just take an executive producer. But do it live. Do it live, right? You can do it exactly. live with your song too, if it if it yeah. makes sense. Exactly. Uh, so that's that's a big thing off this. Uh, let's see here. Commonly on this record, there's no bridges, or you might have a chorus in place of a bridge. So not not heavy use of bridges in this record. Thematically, it's a lot of heartbreak, love, use of alcohol to get over relationships, and party songs. Those are the most kind of common things, right? Which is just hey, country if your music. name is John Party and you don't have party songs, so, I mean, you're, some you're false advertising. You're, you're, you're right. missing, yeah, <laughs> a moment. You're missing a real marketing opportunity there. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, so this is still kind of 30,000 foot view stuff. I thought it was interesting on the, the time of this, of the different songs, like our songs getting longer or songs getting shorter. That's been something I've talked about with co-writers and stuff that we're trending shorter, right? That is what is being proven from this. Yes. So you have 
let's see, from the three to three thirty range, three minutes to three minutes and th- so there's not. Oh, actually, you have four songs that are under three minutes on this fourteen song album. Four songs that are between two and a half minutes and three minutes. Mm-hmm. Four of them. Wow. Okay, so that's almost a third yeah. of the record yeah. is under three minutes. There are seven songs that are between three and three thirty. And most of those are like 305, 308. Right, barely over three. And so that's 12. Uh, maybe there might be like 15 on this. Actually, let me look that up real quick. You know what? They'd be 330 if they had a bridge. They don't have bridges. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, we got 14 songs. And so you got a couple that are over 330, but that's it. And I wonder if those would be singles, you know, but most I wonder of them. If they, hold on. Do you think they're like purposely just dropping out the bridge because of that? I mean, I know when I'm writing, and so I'm not scared of, I mean, the clocks, you know, I definitely pay attention to the clock, right? You got to serve the song ultimately, but I write a bridge. It's no longer a given, like the default setting that, okay, and what's the bridge going to be? Yeah. No, now the question is, do we need a bridge? Yeah. Not what, what is the bridge going to be? Is there something significant worth saying or some huge melodic thing or something that's going to make this a high point in somebody's favorite part of the song? If it's not be somebody's favorite part of the song, if you're not really doing something, cut it. If we don't have a river to cross, you don't need a bridge. Right. Do, do you, okay. So do you think, in your opinion, in your opinion, mm-hmm. do you think that there is a, a, a clearly a significant lack of bridges on this particular record, mm-hmm. which would then lead us to believe that John Party is not, you know, pioneering anything new here, that there's generally, country music is trending towards a lack of bridges or at least a significant lessening mm-hmm. of bridges. Let's say that like a noticeable difference. Do you think that that trend was started because they're like, do we really need it? And they're trying to service the song or because they're like, we need to make this just shorter and here's where we can trim some fat. Probably some of both. And I think with it trending shorter, it's given people permission not to write bridges because it used to be like, you felt like you needed. And one. I mean, I'm a big fan of that. You know, you know who the, who the, one of the early Kings of this was straight up was John Fogarty, man. Creedence Clearwater revival. Mm. Some of those huge hits, I think, I can't remember which one it is. It comes in at like two minutes and 15 freaking seconds. Yeah. I mean, Beatles music, and man. And it feels like a three and a half minute song, though. You know but in, I mean? in the best so way. Badass. Yeah. I mean, no, it's, 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 it's complete. Yeah. And, and when it's over, you're freaking out. You're withdrawing from this. You know, like you want more. <laughs> I want you know, more. Like yeah. Leave them wanting more. You're like sad yeah. that it's over, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, I think part of it is we may not have a river to cross. So if you don't have a river to cross, you don't need a bridge. Okay. So don't write one just because you think you need one because the industry expects it and the industry requires it because it doesn't. Okay. You want to write the song. Great. I think another thing on it is, uh, is a streaming world again dictates this because, or at least maybe doesn't dictate it, but it rewards this. Think about this. If your songs average four minutes, how many of those can you get spun in, an hour, 60 minutes. Well, that's like, what, 15? Yeah. 15 times four is 60? Yep. What if your songs average three minutes? How many can you average in an hour? 20, right? Yeah. Yep. You don't get paid. You get paid per, like, stream. Yeah. Not by how long the song is generally, right? Right. So really, if you can get paid, if somebody's just put on an hour of your music and just listening for a while and they get 20 songs in instead of 15, you just made more money, even though they're listening to your music for just as long. So there's an incentive there. 
Yeah. If I can pack more songs into less time, I get more streams. I get paid more. Yeah. And that's a streaming thing, right? And sometimes radio likes shorter songs too, but. What is going on for that time? You know, like I'm thinking of, so I've been on the other end of this. I've won the artist dunce cap on this where Mm -hmm. I had an argument with our producer, with Bud Snyder, when we had a song called out of cash and it had this like really freaking cool just this cool vibey like funk bass thing Mm -hmm. with some guitars that's the way we opened it up and i wanted to record it like that and we Mm. did record it like that because i forcefully won the argument i think because bud just thought we'll edit this crap for (laughs) for the radio you know radio edit yeah that's what you do live you know what i mean yeah like but for the radio he was trying to he didn't do a very good job of explaining it to me also i was super hard-headed but you know, generally speaking, if you can corner me with logic, I'll go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if, if it's just a Mexican pizza match, then it's like, I'm not going to give in. But right. it, he was right. Like, that's the live thing in the moment where you mm-hmm. sort of drag that thing out and just mm-hmm. do what you want to do and create that moment live. But we shouldn't have started the song with that. We should have, you know, we should have just started the song like right where these chords it kicked in, you know? Yeah. And that's the radio product, you know, or that's mm-hmm. the streaming product. And yeah. so in a lot of ways you know, that is the advertisement for your live show, is it not? Mm -hmm. That is. Yep. So I thought that was interesting that the songs there are trending shorter. Now, onto the songwriters. And this is one of the reasons I picked this John Party record is because they're actually, he didn't write every song on the record. (laughs) Like I was going through, hey, let me maybe do the new Kelsey Ballerini. Well, she wrote all of that. Eh, Let's do the new Lanny Wilson record because it's awesome. Eh, She wrote everything on there. That may just end up being depressing for for the climbers to listen to, to this one. And she wrote everything, but it's a but great she, record with co-writers, right? With co-writers. Yeah. Yeah. Which is still, that means there's opportunity, but anyway, which is this John party record, Mr. Saturday night. He only wrote five of the songs out of the, so there's nine outside cuts. Well, and Bart Butler, who's has been his main producer on his records, wrote two of them without John. So let's say seven, seven on seven off. Right. So half the record is basically outside cuts. Now, this is not looking deeply into like publishing relationships. And, you know, there's always that kind of stuff that. Well, you're going to find that relationship. This wasn't seven lottery ticket winners that just came from nowhere and got a song on a freaking party record. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Uh, They still had the relationship to get it heard, but they were outside writers. So basically seven inside cuts, seven outside cuts. And I looked to make sure that the producers didn't write on you know, all the rest of them because there were a bunch of producers on here and they didn't. So I thought that was interesting. Like, okay, there's some hope for, for a party record. And for me, what I look at that is going, okay, that's one of the records to write for Mm -hmm. because he doesn't have to write everything. Yep. And I know Bart, you know, and some of the people I write with know Bart better than I do. And, and I feel like, oh, that's a country record. I can write some country songs. And so it, it's something where I feel like I can do that. Like artistically Yeah. lean into that. And there's some opportunity there so with that being said y'all don't try to get on the john party record y'all just leave some space for me <laughs> never mind let's just scrap this all right let's do this again uh, welcome to the climb um <laughs> so let's see here uh bpms the bpms like the the tempo range do you have like between 70 and 90 you had like four songs that were between 70 and 90 between 90 and 100 you had three 100 to 110 you had three so the, the center of gravity seems to be that 90 to 110 
range with about half the songs in there. You had a couple that were, you had one that was like between 130 and 140, one between 120 and 130. So getting up there more, but even like the, the slower ones, like Mr. Saturday night, the first song on the record, you know, it's 306, 72 BPM. And John didn't write it. So you're like, wow, there's a song that's like not a tempo and he didn't write it, but it still made the record. And so I'm like, ooh, look at that. But it's a cool song. It's right. It sounds like, oh, he is didn't write that. Does it sound slower or is it like long, just long it's bars? It's got this fat kind of swing to it. Okay. It's this honky tonk. So it didn't feel I heard it. slow. Yeah. It's just got this groove, you know? Okay. So it's fat and it feels full. And so it's not just like a slow, sad ballad. Mm-hmm. And I love the the what they did with the hook on this. It's Mister, you know, Mr. Period, Mister Saturday Night, name of the record, which is a great name for a record. Mm-hmm. And it's the whole thing. It starts with the chorus too, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, they call me Mister Saturday Night, Mister Never Miss a Good Time kind of thing. Da da da. You know, they think I've always happy. They've only seen me in the, in the neon light, and they don't know how much I Mister Saturday Night. Ah. Uh... They don't know how much I missed her. Saturday uh-huh. night. Nice. And then it goes into the chorus and it's like such a simple one, but that had me just like kicking the walls. Cause like, ah, why didn't I think of that? And it's, <laughs> it's such a simple twist and they do it right in the first course. So the cat's out of the bag, like before you even get to a verse, like, Oh my gosh. But it's like, to me, that's just one of my favorite like hooks I've heard in a while because it's, cause it, it's that same, it's a new way to say the old thing about, I'm going out. People think I'm having a good time. But if you look close, you'll see the tracks of my tears. Right. It's Mm. been this idea has been around forever, but just it's like such a simple twist. I was just like, there's like meat and potatoes, man. It just like, oh, and I didn't see it coming (laughs) either. I was like, oh, you got me. You got me, John. (laughs) So good job. Benji Davis, Joe Ragosta and Reed Isbell on writing that because I love that. Any relation to Jason? Uh, I don't know. Not that I know of. And so, and then the second track on the record, Filler Up, starts with the chorus. And this one John did write with Bryce Long and Ross Copperman called Filler Up Again. It's just a let mm-hmm. loose drinking song. He's ready to party and all that stuff. And just starts off with Filler Up Again. You know, <laughs> just straight up honky tonking. And, um, you know, not probably not as imaginative as like Mr. Saturday Night, but you know what? He wrote it. <laughs> so, yeah. There we go. Uh, so it just, I thought it was interesting how they, they mix in songs that he wrote, songs he didn't write, and that sort of thing. And so, again, there's way more in this Artist Insight report. Like, it goes in, in, into instrumentation and, and what the, the subject matter of each song is. And honestly, we just don't really have time to go into all that. It's easier if you just read it. But if you are a Songwriting Pro member, you can dive in to these. And we have a ton of these. You know, you can go listen to the climb episode 261 if you want to hear the Morgan Wallen one. But if you want a, a deep dive on the yeah, Laney Wilson, Kelsey Ballerini, and we don't just do country, we do bluegrass, we do Southern gospel. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of stuff in there to, to dive into. And the whole, again, the whole point is so like I can look at this and I really started doing these for myself. And then I started having interns do them because it just saves me time. I'm like, give me the executive summary here. But I can look and go, okay, who, okay, these are the people getting cuts. And do I know any of these people Are any of these people getting enough cuts that I can, I need to target them as building a relationship to get into that John party camp. Mm -hmm. You know, that's something we're working on now where 
I have a song that I started with uh, my buddy Neil that it just feels like such a Jason Aldean thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this feels like Jason Aldean. Okay, what do we do now to give it the best chance to win? So, you know, one of the things I did was look down at Aldean's current project and look at who the writers are and go, okay, who's, you know, who can we discern from this and from previous records? Who's in the camp? Mm-hmm. Like, if they write a great song, they can get it heard and at least be competitive and, and have a shot, right? Yeah. So you look at that going, maybe we need to bring in a writer on this, or maybe we have enough of a relationship with Michael Knox, his producer, that we can just pitch it and we don't need anyone else to finish it with us or whatever. But you can have those conversations, but you can look it up. But here with the Artist Insight Reports, we try to do a lot of that for you. And so you can look down and go, I want to write something for John Party. Okay, well, let me look here. Okay, d- good. He does cut outside songs. Oh, he, t- he likes these tempos and he likes these keys. Oh, well, let's build something there. And start there. Oh, he'll he'll do some stuff with chorus first. That's a good way to stand out. Let's mm-hmm. do you know, and it allows you to go. What does he talk about? What does he not talk about? Because it's so much about serving the artist, their brand, their lane, their fans. And sometimes you can, you know, it can be hard to discern that sometimes from just listening to an hour of their music or whatever. Yeah. But to kind of, we take notes for you. Basically, is what that is. What a great way to to number one do a deep dive on an artist to really get your head around if that's going to be a target right, yeah. for you um, to, to really make sure that you are you bring an intentionality <laughs> to that and serving that brand, mm-hmm. but also trends, you know, like yeah. in, cause it's a constantly moving target, man. You yeah. know, cause you can look at this and then you're looking at somebody else's record and somebody else's and going, Oh wait, this is starting to happen. This thing here, especially for, I mean, everybody should be doing this, but like if you're in Nashville mm-hmm. and you're in those writing rooms, then chances are, if you're with some decent people, we're going to get um, some people are going to be coming in and they're going to be talking about the trends because they've been hearing about the trends from other rooms that they've been in. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of it's easier to keep your finger on the pulse. But if you're not from Nashville, oh, yeah, man, this is the way to go. Right. Because yeah. then then you're going to be up on everything and mm-hmm. and just as in the know as if you were in the inner circle here, you know? Yeah. And this is breaking that stuff down. I remember having a conversation uh, back when I was writing for RPM and Pure Music, a, a joint venture there. And I was hanging out with Blake Chancy, who's produced like those early Dixie Chicks records and Montgomery Gentry records and stuff. He, he was a partner at RPM. Mm-hmm. And we we're talking about demoing and that kind of stuff. And he's like, hey, let's, you know, if we want to write a song that's like, this is a George Strait thing, he goes, let's get his players. Like, let's get the guys that play on his record to come do the demo. You know, just like, why don't we just build it like this is so Make obviously it feel a, like it already was recorded. Yeah. Like this is a George Strait thing, you know, and sing it in the key that that way they can sing along with it easily. I mean, if they're listening to it in the truck driving around, mm-hmm. how much more convenient would it be if it's keyed up for them mm-hmm. so they can just sing right along with it and go like, OK, this didn't work. This is this sounds like money. Little things like yeah. that, which that's if you're aiming at a particular artist. Now there's danger in demoing stuff that sounds so much like a particular artist that if they don't cut it, everyone else is going to go, well, apparently George passed. Right. (laughs) That's why this is here. This sounds like a knockoff George. I see what you did there. And why am I like, you know, am I your third choice for your prom date? That takes some of the bloom off that road. Yeah. So there, there's balance to all things. But uh, anyway, I thought this was fun. It, it gives me an excuse to go back and dive into these records and learn some stuff that I'm going to apply to my writing. Like, I'm loving that. Like, sweet. Okay, start stuff with the chorus. I had a song idea yesterday I'm going to bring into an artist, and it starts with chorus first. 
Yeah. Because it's on my radar. I'm like, ooh, that would be cool. Hell yeah. Yeah, that works. I like that. So anyway, I hope that's helpful for you. Hey, if y'all are interested, obviously, if you want to see more Artist Insight reports, become a member of Songwriting Pro. You log in. It's right there at the uh, in the member area. That's at songwritingpro.com. But also, if you just want some free stuff first, we have a free report called Six Simple Ways to Make Your Songs More Commercial. You can find that at songwritingpro.com or also at six the number six simple ways dot songwritingpro.com it's a freebie just tell me where to send it we email it to you it's a pdf and then um, you can find out some good stuff there as well there you go guys it brings us to the end of another killer climb episode join the climb community follow or uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you consume your podcast and please tell a friend about it that's the end this podcast exists because we want you to win so keep on climbing and we'll see you at the top It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.